Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome, everyone, and Happy New Year. I hope everyone is off to a great start this year. Could be a little snowy, could be a lot snowy, could be freezing rain. I guess it depends where you live, but I hope everyone is safe and safe travels to everyone also. Hey, before we get started, I would be remiss if I did not start off the year telling you why I always have that special shout-out to Yoshiko Dart. So, Yoshiko's husband who passed away uh, many years ago, I think, let's see, around 2002 or three, he passed away, and uh, Justin Dart, an absolutely internationally known leader, in the disability community. I always tell Yoshiko, I knew he was famous when he was a Jeopardy question, but he, he is and will always be remembered for all the work he did uh, as a leader, fighting the fight, as a person with polio, going across the country, getting everyone energized for section, I mean, for the ADA and all the upcoming sections of the Rehab Act. He, he just worked tirelessly with Yoshiko. So here's the thing. Yoshiko never stopped that fight. Never. And she is a role model to me. So you always hear me say, special shout-out to Yoshiko, and now you know why I do that. So and with that, before we get going here, I want to thank my sponsors of this radio show, Highmark, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and AudioEye, which, by the way, how about this? They are in Arizona, not far from Voice America's headquarters. Uh, but they're wonderful, and I thank both of those companies for sponsoring uh, the show. The show now, of course, is heard nationally, but also internationally 12 hours later. So I love it. I love this show. I've loved it for 15 years. And guess what? I love our guest today. And without seeing him, I know he has a big smile on his face. I just love him. He is awesome. He is a disability leader, a business leader, all about inclusion, headquartered right here in my favorite city, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and am I not blessed to also say a friend of mine. Welcome to the show, Jeremy Shapira, Senior Director at Giant Eagle. Well, thank you very much, and yes, of course, I do have an enormous smile on my face, (laughs) so thank you, (laughs) and it's an honor to be here, Joyce. Thank you. Well, you know what, Jeremy, before we get going here, for our listeners that are not familiar with Giant Eagle, because, of course, as you know, we're heard all the way to Australia. So for those that aren't familiar with Giant Eagle, could you tell our guest about the company, the size, um, you know, how long you've been in business, a little bit about Giant Eagle? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Giant Eagle was started in 1931. Uh, We are a food, pharmacy, fuel, and convenience retailer. We have about 400 locations, uh, mostly in Pennsylvania and Ohio, uh, with a few stores in Maryland and West Virginia. And uh, as of last year, we expanded into Indiana uh, as well. 
Uh, we have uh, 34,000 team members across uh, our retail stores, distribution centers, and the corporate office. Wow, 34,000. Uh, Hard yes, to and- realize how big you are. Okay, so I have to give my special ad now. I okay. am so well known at the Market District, Giant Eagle Market District, at Settlers. I want to tell you, when I walk in there, lights start flashing because they know, oh, here comes Joyce Bender. She'll be buying so much in this store. So if you are in Pittsburgh, Settlers Ridge, Giant Eagle Market District. Sorry, I have to give that ad because I'm there nonstop because you're only 10 minutes from uh, my office. I also want to tell you when I go to Giant Eagle, I am always so impressed with the customer service and how friendly everyone is in the store. And, uh, Jeremy, is that like some special um, trait you look for, characteristic you look for when you hire people? Is that like a training about this customer service orientation? Well, I think the right way to answer that is to say, you know, the most important thing at Giant Eagle is having respect for others. Uh, and uh, there are lots of ways to define that, but one of the most critical ways is we just treat each other with kindness. Uh, and that's something that's been ingrained in our culture uh, for decades. Uh, and I think it just feeds on itself. And, uh, you know, good people like being surrounded with other good people. Uh, and uh, people who either aren't disrespectful or can't be kind uh, just don't last very long here. So uh, I think that's why you, uh, why you experience that as a customer. Yeah, and that, uh, that's a good way to operate a company because you're right. It's, if you go to a company and they have a culture and high standards, it's amazing when a person doesn't have that how they're just sort of gone. Uh, so that's true. That, that really is true. So how about you, Jeremy? What do you do for Giant Eagle? So I, uh, my title is sort of nebulous. I, I work on special projects related to inclusion and diversity. But what that means uh, on a practical level is that I'm the day-to-day manager uh, of our overall inclusion and diversity strategy. Uh, and so I generally what I do is I help the company uh, become more diverse, uh, both in terms of team members, customers, vendors, uh, and in the community. Uh, and at the end of the day, what we are trying to do is leverage as many different perspectives as possible uh, to make sure that we understand our customers and help our customers grow. I mean, and help us grow, uh, obviously, through increased customer loyalty. Um, but, and frankly, the reason why I think, uh, Joyce, you and I are such good friends is that, you know, I have a personal passion for helping people with disabilities. And, you know, that started uh, about four or five years ago when I finally realized that I have a singular opportunity uh, being involved in HR at Giant Eagle to help a community uh, find and retain competitive employment. As you know, and I'm sure you've had many other guests say, uh, it's just an enormous challenge uh, for this community. And my ability to influence uh, others at the company, uh, I, I, I think, I, like I said, I have a singular opportunity to, to make improvements. So it's a huge honor 
and uh, and that's really where my my passion lies. Well, and you definitely uh, walk that talk, which brings me actually to our next question. Giant Eagle has been known for hiring people with disabilities for such a long time that this is all I remember. You know, I moved to Pittsburgh in 1979, several years, you know, I was in executive search. But the more I was in business here in Pittsburgh, the more I would hear about this man, David Shapira, uh, and how he was such an advocate for the employment of people with disabilities. And I have to say, Giant Eagle was doing this when no one was doing this. I mean, there were people getting jobs, uh, you know, in a sheltered workshop, but not people getting jobs at a company. I remember going to events, seeing your uh, father receive awards way, way back, you know, for employing people with disabilities. So why is that? Why is there this long, long history of hiring people with disabilities at Giant Eagle? How, How did that happen? How did it start? So, Joyce, first of all, I can't pass up the opportunity to... Um, point out that I was five when you moved to Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just when you, you said you that just, in 1939, you just know I'm going to remember that, Jeremy. Exactly. That you pointed exactly. that out. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, so the the whole story there is it actually did not start originally with my dad, uh, who at the time was the CEO. Uh, it started with a gentleman named Dale Giovango, who was a director, also a director in HR. Uh, this was about uh, 30, uh, I guess a little under 40 years ago. And um, Dale was the first person who really put a stake in the ground and said that he really wanted Giant Eagle to be a leader in this field. Uh, and he started talking to people, and eventually he talked to my dad. He, uh, my dad's first response was fear, uh, and that uh, he was afraid of what customers would say. He was afraid uh, that people with disabilities wouldn't be as productive. He was afraid that we don't know how to work with them, etc. Um, and Dale said, you just got to have, give me a chance. Uh, and Giant Eagle uh, is a, just culturally an entre- entrepreneurial place. So my dad said, okay. Uh, Dale went off and started to hire some people in our stores, people who have a disability. And, uh, I, you know, of course, I wasn't around at the time, but my, what I've heard about the story is that all of the sudden there was a flood of very positive customer comments about how happy our customers were um, that we're doing this. Uh, and, you know, you only have to receive a few of those before you know that you're doing something uh, that's good and right. Uh, and I think the light bulb went off for my dad. And from that point on, uh, we, as a company, decided it was something that we cared about and something that we uh, were going to see through. Uh, now, I also will say that you know, my ability to affect change, I owe a lot of that to Dale uh, because he, like I said earlier, he was the first person that sort of got us over that initial fear. 
and uh, and he just cleared so many roadblocks for me and everyone else who cares about this at the company. And you know what? I knew Dale. I met Dale uh, at some disability event. Uh, and I think all of that is an unbelievable story. But actually, uh, I want to talk about that more. But right now, we've got to go to break. If you just joined us, we're talking today to Jeremy Shapira, Senior Director at Giant Eagle and Disability Leader in this country. This is Joyce Bender at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Jeremy. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back, everyone, and Happy New Year. Today, we're talking to my friend and friend of people with disabilities, Jeremy Shapira, Senior Director at Giant Eagle. And before we went to break, we were talking about this long history uh, at Giant Eagle that, you know, his father, David, is just, to me, a champion. Uh, He just is so committed to all of this. But one thing I wanted to talk about, when Jeremy said at first, you know, because of Dale, he was their HR person, he was able to get uh, David over this. I want to tell you that when David Shapiro speaks, he tells that story. He tells the story of how this HR person kept coming to him uh, wanting to hire people with disabilities and how he said no and how he came again and he said no. And finally, because of Dale's perseverance, he said, okay, we'll try. And then just as Jeremy said, uh, David then says, and this shows you how wrong I was because 
you know, these employees are so fabulous. And, you know, hearing that from a, a, a very accomplished man, an executive uh, at his level and stature, that has an impact on other CEOs. And, you know, I just want to point that out to everyone. Not everyone starts by knowing how to do this, but everyone starts by trying to do it. And that's true, isn't it, Jeremy, how your father, as you mentioned, was nervous at the beginning, and then by seeing these employees totally changed his mind? Yes, and I would say um, it is by far the biggest hurdle uh, in making progress in this, and that's once you, and I, I alluded to this before, once you're able to get over your own fears, everything else is, is possible. Um, but I think that there are many companies out there, A, that haven't realized um, that, they're, that, they have, that they've, they're missing this untapped labor market, um, but also that their fear gets in the way. And, uh, and you know, I think Giant Eagle is a good lesson in that, in that, in that we uh, had someone who was, who was persistent, to your point, Joyce, uh, and if you can just dip your toe in the water, I, like I said, I think the world opens up. So. Oh, and I also want to say that, uh, obviously, as you can tell, uh, David is Jeremy's father by the last name, but his sister is the CEO, Laura Corrette. I just want to say she, too, is committed to the employment of people with disabilities and, and is one of the people that has helped set, continue to set Giant Eagle forward by continuing that commitment. But, you know, it's not easy. Uh, just as uh, Jeremy said, it's not that one day everyone says, oh, this is so easy, I want to do this because there is this fear, this ignorance, this stigma and it is out there and yet you know when Jeremy said about the untapped labor pool Jeremy have you seen any problem with productivity from these employees um, you know I think uh, <clears throat> it, the, the fact is, is that we have productivity we, we have people who are amazing at productivity and we have people who are not quite as good at productivity whether they have a disability or not. Uh, and so, sure, are there people with disabilities who might be a little less productive than someone without a disability? Sure. But I think if you, when you take everything into account, there is clearly a business case for um, hiring people with disabilities. First of all, um, in, at least in our experience, people with disabilities attend consistently. They show up on time. Uh, they show up every day unless something is terribly wrong. Uh, and that counts for a lot. They work very hard. Uh, they love their job, which, of course, um, means the world in terms of the amount of passion that they put into it. I alluded earlier to getting a lot of customer comments, which we, we get endless number of positive comments. Uh, and then it also helps with team morale. You know, we, um, our stores love the fact that we do this, uh, and, uh, <clears throat> and that, you know, there's a... There's a team member I'm thinking of at our store in Township of Pine here in Pittsburgh uh, where um, 
there's a team member by the name of Ian, and the team just loves him, and he wins team member of the month consistently. Uh, you know, and so when you think about all of that together, um, even if someone is a little less productive, uh, it just adds so much to the business. Uh, and so, you know, at Giant Eagle, we're lucky because we're a private company, and, uh, you know, we don't have to answer to Wall Street every single quarter, uh, and so it's easier for us to look uh, in the long run. Um, but we know, uh, even without, uh, without doing the detailed financials about um, gains or losses on productivity, we know that this adds uh, to our bottom line. Yes, and you know... Um, I like how Jeremy talked about this because you notice how he talked about a good business case and productivity, not charity. You know, it's not about pity. It's about business. It's about the bottom line. It's that if you hire this person, uh, will there be a return on investment? And just one thing, being there every day. Having, you know, having attendance record because, you know, absenteeism also costs a company money. Uh, and I believe that if you've been left out long enough and given a chance, you appreciate employment more. But I, I just want to make clear to everyone that, you know, there are the same standards at Giant Eagle. I uh, re- remember when Jeremy said people are people, when he explained that about employees, it's about the bottom line. It has to be a business case or you won't get anywhere. Yeah, you may get one or two people hired on a charity basis, but you're not going to have a systematic uh, recruitment of people with disabilities. Do you agree with that, Jeremy? Totally. I mean, the fact is, is that we need people to run our stores, uh, and obviously without them, the business falls apart. And, and like you have been saying, people with disabilities make great team members. Yes, they do. And they also can think outside the box because if every day you're having to think, gee, I'm in a wheelchair, how do I get in there? Or, gee, I'm a person who is blind, how do I get, make sure people are communicating with me? Or like me, I have epilepsy, how should I deal with that, you know, if something happens at work? It's always thinking outside the box, and that is always something that people are looking for. Okay, so here's our first question from Pittsburgh, from Cindy. And the question is, uh, Jeremy, what about you? Was this uh, a surprise to you to start hiring people with disabilities? Was it a surprise to start hiring people with disabilities? Um, So I think the... Well, so this didn't start with me, of course, like like we talked about with Dale and my dad however many years ago. Um, I think the surprise for me was how wonderful it feels to be involved. Um, So when I started working on this, I I had a different role in the company than I was leading the recruiting team. And um, my boss at the time, the head of HR, um, talked to me about getting involved in a, a partnership with United Way on a project called 21 Enable. And uh, uh, admittedly, when he talked to me about this, I actually was resistant. Um, not because I thought it was a bad idea. It was a great idea. But 
um, I had just joined the recruiting team. There were lots of big things that I wanted to accomplish with that team. And although um, hiring people with disabilities was clearly on our list, uh, it wasn't the first thing on the list. Uh, and so, <clears throat> you know, of course, um, we agreed to do the project. Uh, I was admittedly a little reluctant at first because, again, my mind was elsewhere. And then as soon as we started making our first hires, this enormous light bulb went on for me. And I, I started thinking how um, wonderful it is to be involved in helping <laughs> make other people's lives better. And I, and I really started to appreciate, uh, like I said earlier in the conversation, really started to appreciate my uh, ability to accomplish that. And so I, 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 it, that came as a surprise to me. I wasn't expecting it, but it really hit me uh, like a ton of bricks, and, and I'm just so glad that it happened. Well, you mentioned uh, the United Way and this program, this program that you got behind uh, from the beginning. Can you tell our listeners about that 21 Enable United Way program and what you did with it at Giant Eagle? Yes. So, I, first of all, I love this program, and uh, uh, I'm just so honored to be involved. Uh, so it started uh, from the United Way of South, Southwestern Pennsylvania and the County of Allegheny, uh, and it's a multifaceted uh, program or project to help high schoolers with disabilities um, learn how to lead independent, productive lives, because um, <clears throat> at least in Pennsylvania, um, when a high school with a disability graduates from high school, many of their government supports uh, just come to a, an end. And if they haven't learned how to live independently, then um, the, the phrase that we use in the project is, then they graduate to the couch, which is uh, a sort of a harsh way of thinking about it, but it's reality. So um, the, the Giant Eagle portion of the project was how can we help these high schoolers find employment while they're still in high school so that when they graduate, um, they, they know what it feels like. They've started to learn the skills necessary to retain that employment. The, the, the main concept that we were testing uh, was something that we call the Career Transition Liaison uh, Project. And this... Um, the idea is to embed a professional job coach directly into the company, uh, although they remain an employee of an outside organization, in this case of Blind and Vision Rehabilitation Services of Pittsburgh. They are at Giant Eagle full-time and to the world become a Giant Eagle uh, employee. They learn all of our systems and processes. They spend time in our stores learning the jobs uh, and and really get a full understanding of how the company works. In the long run, the objective is twofold. The first is to create a bridge, as the name liaison suggests, to create a bridge between the um, provider community, the prospective employee, and, of course, the company, so that everyone has a better understanding of how this all works. So the employee has a better understanding of what job they're getting into. The company has a better understanding of how the provider community works, uh, et cetera. And at the end of the day, 
what we were trying to accomplish other than just helping people find jobs is to make sure that we're making the best job matches possible. Uh, you know, there is a, um, there's a real challenge if someone, if a job coach isn't working in the company and doesn't fully understand the nature of the job that they're placing their clients into, uh, my theory is that the likelihood of long-term success in the role is diminished. Um, and so having the liaison in place acts as sort of this, this filter uh, and so that the, the job coach, the, employee, the prospective employee, um, can um, be ensured that they're uh, making the best choice possible uh, and, and will have the job for the long run. Uh, I am so excited to say uh, that the program has uh, expanded in a big way. Uh, and so we have the, the career transition liaison with Blind and Vision Rehab Services. We have another liaison in Pittsburgh who um, is fully funded by uh, Achieva, uh, which is uh, a very large disability services organization here in Pittsburgh. We have a third liaison in Cleveland with an organization called New Avenues to Independence, and we're just in our, um, I think, fourth month of a liaison in Columbus uh, with Goodwill of Columbus. And uh, so far, we have around 100 people uh, on staff that have been hired through these liaisons, and uh, I'm happy to report that the six-month retention rate of the people that do get hired uh, is either equals or is greater to greater than the uh, six-month retention rate of our general team member population. So it's very exciting. It, well, first of all, congratulations. That is phenomenal. Um, and the different people, are, are these then mainly high school students that, are, that have graduated that can't find a job? Is that correct? Um, well, it's, you know, of course, it's complex. In, for the liaison that we hired through the United Way and, and County of Allegheny, um, that liaison is specific to high school students who are still in school. Oh, I see. Okay. The other three liaisons hire people of all ages. So we, it varies by liaison, but, uh, but we have goals of a ratio of adults to high schoolers, if that makes sense. And do these um, employees include people with intellectual disabilities? I would say actually the majority of the hires that we're making are people with intellectual disabilities. Well, do you know how wonderful that is? I mean, i got to tell you, Jeremy, I'm going to have you uh, speaking to some of the national groups because so disappointing to the disability community. The people with intellectual disabilities have almost impossible way to find employment. I mean, it is one group, it's bad enough that 70% of people with disabilities are not part of the workforce. But people with intellectual disabilities, it is just abysmal. And here you have found out a way to uh, provide employment. Yes, and, uh, you know, I... I think that this is the future, uh, and I think embedding these professionals directly into the companies is the way to go. I would say the main challenge that we will have moving forward is um, how to fund the position. So, so far, we've been incredibly lucky uh, and have found funding through various resources 
um, the Kessler Foundation, uh, the Giant Eagle Foundation, uh, <clears throat> the Deaconess Foundation in Cleveland, um, and uh, the challenge will be just to, to continue to find funding for it. But assuming that we can do that, then we, uh, I, I think the, the sky is our limit, not just for Giant Eagle, but for other companies as well. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And as I said, congratulations, because that is absolutely wonderful. You know, we're okay. talking about now people with disabilities just at large, intellectual, all disabilities. Your opinion, why do you think that corporations, you know, are so hesitant to hire a person with a disability. I mean, what it, what is it about people with disabilities? Why do you think that they don't want to hire people with disabilities? So I think it comes down to a term that I'm sure you and many of your listeners uh, have heard of, which is unconscious bias. And I referred to to this in general terms earlier, um, but I think. First of all, unconscious bias is in all of us, I believe. Uh, I also believe that it is impossible to avoid. Um, the, tr- the trick is how do you um, realize that you have it and how do you realize that you're doing it and how do you overcome that? Uh, and so one example of, of unconscious bias, which I think is obviously particular to people with disabilities, is that... I mean, if you just look at the word disability, um, it makes it sound like people aren't able. And um, as soon as you start thinking that way, as soon as you start thinking about what people can't do versus what they can do, then you've already put up an enormous roadblock. uh, And and you start, um, you know, thinking about all the reasons why you shouldn't hire these people. And so to me... It goes back to exactly what I said before with Dale around how do you get over that fear uh, and how do you emphasize strengths and de-emphasize the things that someone might not be quite as good at. Uh, so I, I, think that's a, I think that's the foundational reason why we have issues. I also think that, um, you know, I, this goes along with what I've said before, um, as a result of the liaison program, it has become very clear to me that the provider community um, has an opportunity to understand the companies that they're working with more. Equally, companies don't understand how the provider community works. Uh, and so <clears throat> um, having this built-in bridge um, has broken down so many barriers uh, and A, it relieves us of having to under, fully understand how, you know, the, the, what I think is a relatively complex web of services out there, both provider community as well as uh, government services. Um, but like I said earlier, um, having a liaison in the company also allows the provider a window in uh, and so that they um, are able to just, in general terms, understand uh, how we work. So I, I think if we could overcome those two things, uh, I think we will have gone a long way. Yes, it is very disheartening to uh, Americans with disabilities because, you know, there are people with master's degrees that can't get jobs. They, college graduates 
40%, if they have a disability, cannot get employment. Uh, you know, it's, I, I hate to say it, but it is that unconscious bias. But it is also, um, you know, in addition to ignorance and fear, it is also an aversion because some people just don't like having people with disabilities at their company. You know, here I remember when your father said, I have people with disabilities, and to me, the most important place possible. And that's where they're meeting the customer, at the cashier um, or, or helping with groceries, whatever it is. But there are people, you know, there was a time in the United States that there was a law called the ugly laws. And at that time, if you were... Um, out on the street, quote-unquote, is a beggar, which was frequently a person with a disability trying to get work. There was this law about unsightly being removed from the uh, roads, the sidewalks, and at first, first people thought that was, oh, they mean only like, a uh, garbage area or run-down roads with potholes, but it included people with disabilities. And so the question always, re- and then you know when you think about freak shows, sadly, there was a time in this country, I remember, when you go to a fair and they'd have a freak show, and guess what? Those were people with disabilities. So, you know, there has been this thing, too, about not wanting that person at the work site. So here's what I want to tell you. Guess what? You already have people at your work site. Yeah, you can't see it, but they have bipolar disorder, de- depression, epilepsy, MS. I could go on forever. So be careful what you say because you may be talking to a person with a disability. But do you know what I mean when I say that, Jeremy? Absolutely. I mean, obviously what you're saying is a complete travesty, uh, and it just makes me think how lucky I am to have been brought up in an environment where diversity is a strength and not a, detra- a, distra- a detraction. Yeah, it is a wonderful thing, and you're a wonderful person, and we just need more of you uh, in this country. Um, so I'm not going to be surprised here with the next well, maybe I will be. My question is, uh, look at you. Look, look how you are, you know, open, inclusion, um, eager to do the right thing. Well, who do you consider your role model? So I, um, I, am, I, I can't narrow it down just to one person. So forgive me, I'm going to answer with several. Um, first of all, obviously, my parents and now my stepmother. Uh, my mother passed away, uh, I guess, uh, 12 years ago. Um, but, I, you know, I, the reason why they are such role models to me is there's a concept in Judaism called tikkun olam, which translates to heal the world. And it's one of the most important Jewish values. And, uh, you know, from birth, my parents and now my stepmother uh, have instilled in me how important helping other people is. 
and they live it every single day. Um, I will admit it's very challenging um, following in the footsteps of people who are so dedicated to it uh, and such a positive force in the community. And, of course, it just um, um, it gives me something uh, enormous to aspire to. Um, but uh, I would say, first and foremost, uh, my parents uh, and my stepmom, stepmom are, the, uh, are my role models. I would say on a business level, um, a gentleman named Randy Lewis, who I assume you know, uh, uh, Randy um, was at Walgreens, was uh, oversaw distribution, and it, you know, in some ways, is thought of as the father of disability employment. Uh, he was the first person who really put a stake in the ground, I think, nationally, and said that they were going to move mountains and hire many, many people with disabilities at their distribution centers. Uh, as you know, there's a very famous distribution center in Anderson, South Carolina, where um, a very large percentage of their uh, employees have disabilities. And, uh, you know, I think Randy is such a trailblazer. I think that he has um, has has made it okay um, for other companies to follow uh, and has proven that it is possible. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, um, I I just hope that at some point in my life I'm able to say that I have accomplished as much as Randy has. Uh, I also want to say that, um, actually, Randy is going to be on tour, uh, I think, to five cities across the country uh, talking with companies and community providers uh, and helping uh, companies, regardless of how far along they are on this spectrum, uh, talking to companies and providers and, and, and helping people understand uh, how to be effective at hiring more people with disabilities, uh, what roadblocks to overcome and how to avoid them in the first place. Uh, and uh, I, along with my dad and my stepmom, are honored to hosting Randy in Pittsburgh uh, on March 13th and 14th. Uh, and I think it's going to just be a great event. Well, I want to say, first of all, uh, your stepmother, Cindy, she is awesome. And she, too, she was, one of the, she was the key with 21 and Able. So um, I've known her, I think, so highly of her. I know Randy very well. Um, and, and for those of you that don't know this, Randy's son is a person living with autism. And what he wanted to do is have a way to provide employment to people like his son, to people with, you know, other disabilities where they normally cannot find employment, such as intellectual disabilities, autism, um, and some of course, just with a disability, but remarkably, he hired people and had them in this distribution center. The remarkable part is that the one distribution center where the majority with people with disabilities was, in fact, more profitable than the other distribution center. And see, that's why, once again, 
business, bottom line, it's all about the business. There's a perfect example. You know, so he'll, he'll go talk to other people also that have similar venues or distribution centers or just people hiring people uh, across the board. But uh, that is, shows you the power of having a child with a disability because it just inspired him uh, to do what he did. And it's, it is all he that did that at Walgreens. There is no question about it. So, yeah, as a matter of fact, Jeremy, he also has been on this radio show. So okay. he, is, uh, he is really a good person. He really is. I mean, there are people that he got jobs for that would never get jobs that he was able to provide employment to at that distribution center. So um, it's great also that he's coming here to Pittsburgh. So now, look, in your life, you have accomplished so many things already, and you're young, unlike me, since you pointed that out earlier on the radio show. But since you are young, but young, you've already done so much. (laughs) I'm relatively young. How about that? (laughs) You're younger than I am. We all know that. You pointed that out. (laughs) I'm sorry. You don't have to be sorry. Hey, I always tell people, when you almost die when you're 31, it's amazing how getting older looks so different to you. So the alternative is I wouldn't have been here. So I'm happy to be getting older. But what I wanted to ask you is what would you say, if you had to look back so far on your life, what would you consider your greatest accomplishment? Um, can I answer this in a personal way? Yep. I would say that there are two things that I am most proud of. The first is my marriage. Um, my husband, David, is the light of my life. And, you know, I grew up in a world where same-sex marriage uh, was not even really a thing. Uh, And I feel incredibly lucky that the the culture around that has changed. Uh, And uh, I met David 10 years ago, but got married uh, about a year and three months ago. And uh, I just couldn't be happier. And uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled that David... I feel very lucky, and I'm just thrilled that David is in my life and that I can be in his. The second thing that I'm most proud of, uh, and probably the most, um, beyond David, the most important thing that's ever happened to me is when my mother was ill, uh, I had the honor of being her caregiver. And, you know, I think that, obviously, I wish she were still here, but if there's one silver lining to her having passed away is that I, because I was, an, uh, I was unemployed at the time and I had the luxury of spending all day, every day with her for five months, and I, you know, I think I said I just consider myself so lucky to have been able to help her um, end her life when she dedicated 18 years of her life to helping me enter mine. 
and I, I just consider myself very lucky for that. So I hope that wasn't too personal. <laughs> I consider that wonderful. You know, first, about your marriage. What a different world we live in today that you were able to get married. The, the, you know, things changed so much better and for the good, and uh, so that makes me very happy for you and for you. other people. I went to the wedding in um, New York of one of my close friends, and she married, you know, her wife. Uh, they both work in professional positions, uh, but it was just such a joyful, wonderful event to be at. Um, and, you know, they, were like, they knew each other for a very long time, just as you mentioned, never thought this would happen. So mm-hmm. uh, to them, it was just so overwhelming. And then, oh, my God, this, you know, when I told you I knew you were a good person, that says it all with how you described an accomplishment as being able to take care of your mother before she passed away. What? A great thing to say. And I'll tell you something you don't know. If you ever hear me speak on occasion, you'll hear me say, to, to, like if it's an audience and they're there because they want to donate money to epilepsy, you'll hear me say in that case, even if I don't know you, I know I like you. And do you know who I heard say that? Your mother. I was at a United Way meeting, and she said that, and it just stuck with me. I, I, it just resonated with me because I thought about it, and I thought, isn't that true? And to this day, in that same situation, I say that, and it's from your mother, and I'll never forget it. So, she was, see? She was a very special person. She was, no question about it, and so are you a very special person. So now we have to tell our final secret before I ask you to give your message. I met Jeremy in my business suit, and he's being very (laughs) serious, and all of a sudden he gets this little smirk on his face. He said, can I interrupt you and tell you something? Here you are, on this professional and I look down, I see that little Band-Aid on your hand with, I think it was, Scooby-Doo on the Band-Aid. He said, you know those boo-boos? Oh, I will never. So, you know, I had to tell that story, Jeremy, since you wanted to point out your age story. I wanted to point out that story also. <laughs> well... Listen, what, what, what better way to kick off a beautiful friendship than bonding over a boo-boo strip? <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for being with us. It was delightful. And you know what? If you're listening to the show and you want someone else to hear it, remember, this show is archived 
at voiceamerica.com. It can be downloaded on iTunes, or you can go to benderconsult.com, and you will be able to download it, listen to it, whatever you want to do. Um, I know many of you know how important these issues are, so make sure you spread that news. So, Jeremy, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? So I think at the end of the day, I am um, extremely optimistic about the future uh, and the incremental gains that we can make in disability employment as long as we continue to ask and overcome the hard questions. Uh, you know, I think, you know, to your point earlier about who my role model is, uh, my, it, it, Randy is so effective, A, because he um, made change at Walgreens, but has now dedicated his time to helping other companies um, get better at this themselves. And... Uh, obviously, those are enormous shoes to fill, and I only dream about being as effective as Randy, but um, I know that I can multiply my effectiveness if I can take what I've learned at Giant Eagle and continue to learn uh, and help other companies improve as well. So I really do urge anyone who uh, is interested in talking uh, to contact me directly uh, at my email address, jeremy.shapira at giantegle.com. One more time. Do you want to give that one more time, that email address? Yes, absolutely. It's Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y dot Shapira, S-H-A-P-I-R-A at GiantEagle, one word, dot com. All right. In a quote, we always have a quote when we end the show. And the late banker, J.P. Morgan, was asked what he considered the best bank collateral. He said, character. And isn't that just what we're talking about today? This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice at Disability Matters on VoiceAmerica.com. Stay with me next week and hear... Lanny Feingold, a great disability leader in the law practices for policy for Americans with disabilities. Talk to you then. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.